Well, it was uh, an interesting one there in Cincinnati. Almost deja vu for us. Uh, I'm here, Joshua. This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And everyone abandoned me this week. Uh, but John uh, from RFK Refugees is thankfully here with me to break down the game. Thanks for joining, John. Very happy to be here to discuss all of the goals that we uh, saw tonight. <laughs> there, there were balls in the back of the net, and but unfortunately, there was almost as many sending off for, for DC United. And it'll be interesting to, to kind of see we complained kind of earlier in the season about, you know, uh, Hernan's... Uh, I guess lack of adaptability in, in those situations on the road when you have a point. Um, tonight he had it adapted in a weird way uh, to losing players when when maybe the, when there was no points or maybe when we could have gotten all three. Um, but it, it was tough. What was your like big takeaway from the match if you have one like right off the top of your head? Yeah, I would say looking at the lineup, understanding the injuries. You know, opponent aside, you want to beat FC Cincinnati even at home. That's what you want, just based on FC Cincinnati's continued being very bad uh, reputation. It all precedes itself. You should walk in with three points. With a team that's even 70% full strength, you probably will do that. Um, they got, they should have gotten lucky once or twice uh with like you said there were exactly as many gold balls in the net by dc United as there were red cards it's the exact same number uh if any if either one of those worked out three points and we're laughing all the way back home but uh real real kind of weird game real choppy uh cincinnati just owning possession dc united under 70 percent pass completion two red cards. Yeah, it was just it was just a really weird one. You got to be happy with a point all those things considered even though it was not very fun to watch most part. Yeah, I I thought we were we we're kind of due for a, a you know, firecracker of a match, but it, you know, facing Lucho for the first time since he's come back into MLS and you know, I thought there were might might be some hearts on the sleeve in that situation and then yeah, the lineups come out and you see Reina and Skundrich who, who have been uh, good. I good. I particularly love Skundrick's effort that he's put in, but those guys haven't scored for DC United yet. And, and so it's almost not surprising that we didn't score, but considering all the opponents, the, the flow of this team, how bad since he are again, um, we were hoping for three and unfortunately didn't get it tonight. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm loath to jump too soon on, on a player coming back from a long-term injury, but Jordi Reyna has not impressed me ever there was one game in his first season before he created before he committed a foul on somebody and injured them and ever since then the dynamism from that game has not hey, been folks, repeated. We'll started soon hernan yeah. followed by steve thank you all yeah as we hear zach cut in we have the 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 post game on the deck for you guys so you'll hear zach and and then hopefully hernan in a minute but i i think you're right i, I think it's hard for tonight too because there's definitely moments where all of DC United's attack was Jordi Reyna. Uh, he was he was just running, and sometimes balls were coming in from very far away. And yeah, he he, he maybe I don't know. I don't want. Who's the it. guy? I can't remember now. I, I I used to make fun of him incessantly. Former DC United forward, came from Philly, was offside all the time. Oh, I believe he's Colombian. I I think you're thinking of Jairo Arrieta. Mm -mm. No, that's Costa Rican. There's another player. He was also offside all the time. Uh -huh. Also offside, but some maybe someone in the chat will. We talked about him very very frequently. Anyway, that's a problem with him. He has a, he's a very 
even that, when yeah. he's got the line in front of him and he should be able to 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 stay on side, he just cannot help himself. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The first goal, both goals actually were were called back because Jordy was offside. The first one was kind of tough, but, but the second one was yeah. And even Dave said on the broadcast, and, and this is one of Sam's favorite sayings, so I'll have to repeat it. It's like you, you got to count there, like you you, you got to count <laughs> how many men you are in front of. Um, and yeah, it's tough and it's especially tough because he hasn't made that breakthrough for DC United and it was all kind of put on him tonight. Uh, I thought the hold up play was, was, it's probably not his strong suit and it was something he was asked to do tonight, uh, in the absence of Kamara or Bertha, you kind of had to expect that that would go down. Um, uh, but it, it kind of hurt to like see it out there. Right. Not a nine clearly <laughs> obviously needs a, a nine to link off of, but I'm trying to think in a situation where you have a full choice lineup, how he, how he breaks through. And I don't necessarily think he would, and he's making $800,000 a year, I believe is the number. Yeah. So when you look at allocation of your, of your, you know, of a very limited roster budget, that's a big I don't chunk. know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd spend all of that there. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a large number for a forward on a team. Yeah, and he hasn't scored, but I know there forward was... Forward that can't be a nine, that yeah. needs to be a support player, that has a trouble staying on sides. No, yeah. no, man. And we traded for him. Like we, we and gave, we traded for him. gave up assets. Uh, but yeah, I, I know there was some weird... Like I know Vancouver were playing some of it at first, but I, I think we re-signed him, so I don't know if that carries through. It, there's probably... You know, MLS is not very... We, <laughs> we had to give him a kicker. When he, so when he signed... An ex- not an extension, but uh, the option year was picked up. They got mo- they got more money back from us. If we either sold him or or renewed his contract, they got money. So Vancouver made out like bandits. I think on the initial, I think we may have sent them four soccer balls and some Labats. I think that's all we always sent them to get the trade happen. But I they I think they they definitely made out on it. I'm pretty sure. But if we didn't have him, we'd have nobody. We'd have Eric Sorga, who we had who came back from Line United after a very brief appearance there. Uh, gave us about 15 minutes of pretty poor hold-up play, um, and that's and that's about all that happened there. There's a lot of people that love Eric Sorga, and I know our, there's some of them are our listeners. And I'm just like, guys, I don't. I know he scored against New York. That was cool. Yeah, it was inflection. Let's all <laughs> let's all take take this for what it is. Like he scored a lot of goals in Estonia. It's it's not necessarily translating, unfortunately. Yeah, I, and. I... I think you're right. I don't want to harp too much on the on the forwards. We can definitely break that down later. It's one of our favorite topics here on Trying True. <laughs> uh, I, I thought the back line was surprisingly good. There's been a, a, an unreal amount of rotation back there, and I, I don't know if this – I've lost count. I used to try to keep count of the different combinations, who had played with who, but it's been too much now. And if it's not the first game with this, these three, it's it's the second or third or something like that. And, and they did. I mean, it wasn't easy. And, and since he aren't dynamic, despite how much money they paid, but they, they kept the clean sheet. Bill's now seventh in MLS history. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to cash Ramondo. That I looked that number up. It's absolutely ridiculous. He'll be playing. He'll be playing to be very old. Maybe he might be able to do that. Who I, knows? I'd love it. I, I think he will catch his goalkeeping coach very soon. I, I think he's yeah. sing, single digits or, or, or about that away from catching uh, Thornton, which will be, I'm, I hope DC United are ready to put out content on that. And yeah. I, I hope it's funny and beautiful and it, 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 they should both be proud, uh, because Zach has certainly helped bill along the way. I assume, uh, uh he's been here for so long and, and, you know, bill deserves the credit. We, we probably need to take a minute and appreciate how, how good Zach Thornton was and, and appreciate that his work he's done on this team. Uh, 
for DC United all these years. Bill chronically underappreciated because he's been so consistently good. Uh, once he became good, he just stayed <laughs> the same level of good. He wasn't always good. He didn't start good. Uh, there were lots of he was he was extremely error prone when he started. His distribution was horrible. He got red cards all the time, and you know it's a learning curve. He was started. You don't normally start in the league as an 18 year old starting goalkeeper. That's almost unheard of. It almost never happens. So uh, you knew how much Bill Hamid meant to this team when he went to Denmark, and then they were horrible. And they had two go. They had Onstat, and they had Steve Clark. Uh, Steve Lark, who has had a career since then and, and yeah. has done fine, but neither of those players uh, were able to really fill his shoes while he was gone. He came back, slipped right in like he never left. So, uh, you know, he, you're, you're right. You, you have to give it up to Bill. Um, it's, just, it's, it's so sad that he gets not the respect he deserves because he's been so consistently good on a team that has consistently underachieved and hasn't really been in the spotlight or winning trophies since he's been here, unfortunately. And I... I love that we're we're giving Bill his props. I hate that we're back kind of talking about that because it felt very much like old DC United. Like Bill saved us tonight. Uh, there was a couple yep. chances where where since he should have scored and, and and they just didn't have the qual. I don't know. Bill just stopped them, and it was it's everything I love. I, I kind of want to touch on a thing you talked about: a teenage homegrown <laughs> player getting a red card, uh, a learning experience for mm-hmm. Moses Nyman tonight. I, I think. <laughs> Do you have any? Yeah, man. 50th minute, you don't need to make that tackle. Like you have the game, the game state says like, all right, man, it, don't your last man back. You see that quite obviously you made a mistake to put yourself in a bad spot. Don't compound the air. Did they get out with one point? They did. And that's you. I don't think you would have expected that when you went down in the 50th minute, but that foul was not necessary. And obviously I think, I think that's what Aaron will have told him when he came off. I, they were having a little bit of yeah. conversation like, you, this is not the 91st minute, man. We can, <laughs> you, we we had some time here to yeah. if they did score, uh, but I, I'm more worried about the fact that means we don't have them for the next game. Yeah. And is it? It's two games for a straight red, right? Ooh. One for a second red. I, I think he might be right. Uh, if it is, that's that. real bad on a team that's has whole like bailing wire <laughs> these rosters together. I think you or I may be in contention to make the the bench for the next game. It's yeah. it's looking. I, defensive midfield is probably not my best position, but you know you do you do what you must. Yeah, Renan, <laughs> we'll make it happen. Yeah, I might start doing some laps around Audi Field just to, right, just right. to be do seen. Cardio, <laughs> let let them know I'm available. But yeah, I, I think it it is a learning moment for for Nyman, and it's tough. And we are thin. And yes, I'm sure Lasada was like, hey. He, the ball was rolling out. You, you were good. We, we didn't hey, coach, know. can you hear me? Oh, it yes. looks like we're going to transition to the post. How are you? Good? Let's see or not. I'm good. Okay, coach, before before we do questions, any opening remarks from you? I can start telling uh, that the effort of uh, the whole group today was 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 huge. I, I can only be proud of of the fighting spirit of this team, that it it doesn't stop uh, surprise me. Um, no matter who's on the field, young, old, experienced, new players, old players, they are all sweating the the shirt until the very last second. And when you see the circumstances today, um, uh, taking a point on the road, uh, eleven against nine is is fantastic. And knowing once again. That there was another game that 
um, as long as it was 11, 11 against 11, we were the better team with the better opportunities. Uh, no, no doubt about that. And and of course, the red card of Moses um, changed changed it all. Um, but okay, please. With the, I'm very happy with the point. Um, but again, we lose two players now for for Wednesday. So I think I'm gonna have to put. The, the cleats on and be on the bench uh, for Wednesday. We'll go to Steve Goff. Hey, Renan. Um, what did you, up until Moses's red card, what did you like about what your team was doing up? I think the first half was very intense. We scored two goals, uh, both, I think, uh, correctly on the upside. Uh, but we were we he trying to press high because we knew since Hinati is a, is a team with a Dutch coach who really likes to build up from behind and they take a lot of risk. And that's why we, we put a lot of energy on trying to press high and force them to make mistakes. And in general, I think uh, Bill only had a cross on the second half, uh, on the second post, sorry. Um, from, from a corner or across, but we were a lot more dangerous. And Steve, don't forget all the players we are missing today. We didn't play with a with a true and real number nine. We have a lot of players that are that are not 100%, like like Kevin, like uh, Drew Skondrich, um and like Steven Birbaum coming back from an injury and. Whatever it takes, we, we, we make all our efforts and we run until the very first second, even though uh, we were on many moments. Um, I think all those 50-50 decisions were for Cincinnati, but that can happen. Today was for them. I hope in the future it will be for us. But I think in general, Steve, when the, when the game was 11-11, uh, I, was, I was happy with the moments of pressure, happy with the moments that we were falling in a block. And we were playing vertical with Kevin and with Jordi. That was that was the plan. I think Jordi and Kevin did fantastic. Sometimes even holding the ball against two, three defenders, um, and the whole team show show once again a lot of character and, 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 and a lot of balls to to take a point on the road on the road under difficult circumstances. We'll go back to Steve. What what did you think of Moses's red card? Was it the right call? Did he do the right thing, seeing that a breakaway was about to unfold? What, what were your thoughts on that? I didn't see the replay. Some people say it's, it's, it's correct. I think the distance to go to the goal was still very long, and there were players coming back. So it's not that the player was 100% going 1v1 one one with, with Bill Amit. But we, we don't have to forget Moses is, is 17 years old. Uh, right now, he already started more games than than he never did before, or at least last season. He's getting a lot of minutes, him uh, and Kevin, and it's part of a process that they're going to make mistakes. So I take this as, as a part of the process and something that, of course, can happen um, when when you play with, with young guys, with young guys who deserve to be playing. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. 
Hi, Hernan. Uh, thanks for speaking with us. Um, I wanted to ask a little more about the performance of the front line. As you mentioned, no out and out uh, number nine uh, up there. You kind of you might have known coming into this game that that was going to be the case uh, for a few days and had time to prepare for it. Um, how do you think the group did, especially with Reina having to play this, uh, you know, at, at sort of out of position for him, this sort of role? No, I didn't have time to prepare because Camara uh, was out one or two days ago. So we were expecting that he was ready for this game. He has a concussion from a ball who hit uh, his face. And at the same time, I saw Bookska from uh, New England having a very serious concussion the week before, but still playing today. So protocols are different. The feelings of the players are different. And unlucky for us, Kamara uh, was not ready. So I didn't have time to prepare, to be honest. Um, and in record time, we didn't to have a, a plan B that at this time is already a plan C or E with all the players we are missing and still work. So I have to, I'm very proud of the efforts Jordi, Kevin, Luz Kondrich and the whole crew was, was doing, uh, even playing sometimes in positions where they're not used to it. Jordi did it great. One more question. We'll do Mario Maya. Mario. Hola Hernán, ah, solo quiero preguntar cómo crees que, que cómo hizo el equipo hoy, especialmente jugando con 10 hombres después del minuto 52 con la expulsión de, Mo, de Moses. ¿Cómo crees que, cómo, cómo crees que hizo individualmente cada jugador eh, las cosas que hicieron bien para neutralizar a jugadores como, Luz, como Lucho Acosta y Brenner en, en Cincinnati? Oh, individualmente no me gusta hablar. Creo que todo el equipo lo hizo de manera fantástica. Cuando pasamos a jugar con 10, cambiamos eh, en lugar de cinco defensores, jugamos con cuatro y Julian Gressel era más un mediocampista. Así que pasamos a jugar 4-3-2 eh, y luego, bueno, Julian se quedó sin energía y volvimos a la línea de cinco cuando ingresó Chris Odoy porque por la banda izquierda con los dos chicos argentinos nos estaban generando mucho peligro y Andy necesitaba un poco de ayuda, así que todos trabajaron muy fuerte, todos estuvieron dispuestos a, a correr ese metro extra que se necesita para complementar el hecho de que está jugando con 11, así que muy agradecido y muy orgulloso y muy contento con el esfuerzo que hicieron los chicos jugando casi todo el segundo tiempo con 10 hombres, cuando Cincinnati la verdad que no pudo generar mucho peligro y aún así con 10 jugadores tuvimos oportunidades de contragolpe con Jordi, con Kevin... Así que, bueno, una lástima, eh, porque creo que en un partido 11 contra 11 hoy nos podríamos haber llegado a los tres puntos. Coach, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, bye. That was DC United's head coach, Hernan Lozada, at the mic. And as always, hits hearts on the sleeve and, and, and telling that how it is. Uh, again, we hear this, this, this theme, which I, I, I don't know if it was there in the beginning of the season, but he talked about the fight in the team and that he appreciated everyone. Uh, and I'd love to hear it because I, I I hope everyone is buying it. It seems everyone has bought in on the system and everyone's bought in on, on you know, the, the commitment that you have to play the way that Hernan's asking them to play. Uh, but that's great to hear. Uh, did you have any big takeaways from that one, John? Oh, 
I, I think yeah. I, I got you muted. Here we go. You're back. How about now? Yeah. So the thing that was interesting to me was the Ola Kamara has a concussion and doesn't feel comfortable playing, but Adam Adam Buxa has a concussion and, and played. So that apparently the concussion protocols are different by player and team. I thought that was an interesting answer by him that well, I think people will probably pay a little attention to. And we might have to get our, our, our popcorn out and, and wait and see if there's any articles on MLSsoccer.com on Monday uh, or, or there's a investigation from the, from the MLS board. Do we, do we think that's a shot? So I couldn't, I can't decide. I think it's a shot against New England not following the protocols. It's not a shot against Ola. Oh, no, no, no. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think so. I think there's been a couple times uh, and – uh, it, it's a, we've talked at at length. I'm sure you guys have hit it at, at RFK about foreign coaches coming into this league. They always have a hard time, and, and maybe it's because we do stuff weird here, or maybe you know we're not as established as you know maybe the Belgian league or you know these other leagues. But I, I've heard him say a couple things, and I think that's what he was getting at here is that the rules in MLS they got to be maybe they're not up to his standard and i think i think there's a room for a discussion there it'll be interesting to see if there's anything uh, any review about Busca's playing tonight probably uh, won't be i think he's <laughs> right and that there are the rules are particularly the concussion rules right i think that that's very very loose i think they're tight when they when they want to be but as soon as any any player pushes against the restrictions they're like all right you can play yeah. You shouldn't play, but you can play if you want. It's fine. A Bruce Arena-led team bending the rules. Who right. would, uh, we've benefited from it before, but uh, you know <laughs> it's very believable. A couple other things that that he said, and I wanted to bring this up, uh, and I hope we get enough time. Uh, but talking about the red card, and that's part of the process. You know, like it, it, you can't give that many minutes. Uh, well, you can, you can, and and you maybe expect. But you also have to expect that that's going to happen. You're going to get mistakes from a teenage midfield player. That's so much responsibility for a teenager. Like, uh, well, I, I was doing dumb stuff when I was 17, not leading in the midfield for a, a, a professional football team. And, and so, yeah, I, I like it. I, I like the approach. Hopefully, you know, that, you know, coming up, you know, they put his head on, on Moses' head and gave him some wisdom. Hopefully that all works out and Moses is able to, to grow from this and, and build off of it. I think similar to 2019, the team finds itself in a position where they don't have a choice on some of these young players. Kevin, they have a choice. Kevin has earned his way in there. Oh, Moses sure. has played well, but I think if Felipe was playing at his pre-injury level, I think Moses would find it more challenging to get on the field. So that's part of that's part of it. So just like in 2019, where as Ben as Ben Olsen was on his way out, the young players were playing a lot because of injuries, but also because like, well, what else am I going to try at this point? <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> we can't win let's just try it so he's in a position right now where he's got to play some youth in certain spots they are going to make mistakes i think that the the big thing with with him is that the hey guys steve's are, just finishing oh, up in the ice bath we'll be able to surely <laughs> sorry <laughs> so some great insight there <laughs> yeah this is a this is a an interesting this, uh, it's like the control room talks to you in the middle of your thought anyway moses i think the challenge for moses is that it is up and down for him right now whereas kevin has sort of evened out he has a very predictable from game to game performance yeah. which is why he's doing well which is why he's getting call-ups and scoring goals moses i think he'll have his he'll have a great pass He'll have a great defensive play, but he'll. I think the the, the peaks and valleys are a little bit too variant, similar to Donovan Pines. I think with uh, with a lot of his games, where um, yeah. 
consistency at a seven and a half to eight is hard to find where he'll have eight performances and then he'll make a five or a six point mistake. And then you're, and then you're sort of, you know, at the seven and a half, yeah. seven spots. So that's, that's my read on both those players. Anyway. I, I think you're, I think you're right there. And I, and it's, it's kind of the pines equivalency is, is, is really good. I, I like that one. And yeah, there was highs and lows in this match. He almost scored his first goal and, and we probably speaking a completely different tune. Yep. Um, maybe we're one up. We're not pushing as high on that Russell free kick or, or, you know, whatever happened until it lead to Moses being the last defender. Um, was that there was some talk? Hey Steve, all good. Can you hear me? Oh, we're gonna switch over yep. to Steve Verbo. Awesome. All right, folks, we'll jump in. Steve Goff, go ahead. Uh, what uh, describe what it was like for you guys um, once uh, Moses was sent off and the the defensive concentration um, and work that you guys needed to do down the stretch. Yeah, obviously, you know, it was unfortunate to happen that that uh, that early in the second half. But, um, you know, I thought the guys dug in and, you know, we played a solid defensive game and everyone was focused the entire time. Um, and, uh, you know, we had to switch a little bit formations here and there um, to kind of counterbalance their overloads on the on, you know, our right side, their left side. So um, I thought we did a good job. Guys stayed tuned in the whole time and kind of knew. Um, what the game needed um, at that point once we went down to, you know, 10 men. And uh, at that point, it was, you know, to get it, make sure that we secure a point. And then, you know, if we can nick one um, kind of late, you know, great. But um, <clears throat> once we went down 10 men, it was kind of, all right, let's get a point on the road. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for speaking with us tonight. Um, I wanted to ask a little about the, um, you know, you, you kind of have mostly been very high press, very aggressive all year. Tonight, you had to play with like a lower line of contention, a little lower press, um, deeper in the field anyway. Um, I wanted to know how you felt the group did uh, playing out of the, out of that approach as opposed to the normal uh, look. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it just depends on the game, right? And the personnel in the game. And um, we kind of, you know, I didn't think we were at our best in the first half um, possession wise. I thought we could have done better, could have been a little bit more um, secure with the ball and, and kind of play more in their half. We didn't, we didn't really have much of that. It was more, you know, uh, transition counterattacking from our mid to low block. Um, and to be fair, we had a couple good chances that were called back from offsides, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't sharp enough in the first half for us. Um, I think, and, you know, we knew that, um, coming in at half, but having being zero, zero on the road going into halftime, um, you know, we, we were, we were okay with that. And we felt like there were chances out there in the second half. Um, but, you know, we went down to 10 men and guys, you know, we kind of buckled in and knew what we were in for, for the rest of the, the half. We'll go to Jose Umania. Hey, uh, just wanted to know where you feel the team is now that you guys have a match coming up Wednesday, another one on Sunday. You, where do you feel the team is mentally and physically to prepare for now another stretch of three matches in 10 days? Yeah, I mean, I think the great thing is that you don't have really much time to reflect on this game and you kind of move on to the next one and um, you just kind of get in a rhythm of the next game's coming up and then you focus on, you know, now we got Columbus on Wednesday on the road. So um, I, I enjoy it. You don't have too much time to, to think and stop and, um, you know, think about, you know, games past or whatever. So it's just moving on to the next one. Um, we got a good group of guys. Everyone's going to, you know, be used. It's, you know, it's a tough stretch. We got Wednesday and then Sunday. So, uh you know, we're looking at Wednesday right now on the road and it's a hard place to play and a new stadium. So, you know, we got to 
you know, be ready to go there and pick up some points. Steve, that's it, brother. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, guys. That was uh, DC United Steve Birnbaum on the line, and yeah, I almost completely forgot that there was two two more games this week. Basically, we got Columbus midweek and then Montreal, uh, all in that middle tier. And I, John, we might actually have to go start warming up. We might, we might. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the The bus from Loudon is going to be uh, filled with dudes to be cannon fodder on Wednesday against Columbus on the road. I think is the answer. I think so. I've you know. I, I've coached like a men's recreational baseball team. And uh, the, the, the strategy is, you know, you have, you're playing a doubleheader or you're playing a good team and you're playing a worse team and you just sort of, you just take a dive. For one of the games, you just throw your crap. I don't know if you guys swear. You throw yeah. your bad pitchers uh, up front. You're like, well, I'll, I'll lose 15 to nothing. I don't care. I just have to keep my resources for the actual winnable game. So between Col- Columbus on the road in their new stadium, and then Montreal. I think is that is that is that one a home game on Sunday, or is that also on the road? I, it's a home game on the okay. Eight, yeah. Then Wednesday. Oh boy, I would <laughs> John Kempen starting first off off the bat right there, and then the entire starting eleven from Loudon just emergency loan <laughs> the whole of them. Just say, all right, guys, have fun out there. Enjoy your first MLS match and only. That's how I would. That's how I would bankroll this because, oh Wednesday's going to be real, 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 real rough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were already down injuries and, and red cards now, and yeah, it's it, it was interesting to hear Birnbaum talk about the resiliency in the team, uh, but yeah, that's that's probably the only thing that was on his mind for the past what thirty eight minutes there or or, or so. Uh, yeah, I you see it in other leagues where um, not normally like in league play, but if there's a Champions League game. That they value more, or a midweek cup game, yeah, just just run out the B team, uh, and for that they have not done that traditionally. So they there are options to do emergency loans with your affiliates. Other teams do it pretty frequently. Uh-huh. Um, uh, if you look at the Seattle game, oh, uh, yeah. where they did that with I think and three then one. or four of, and then <laughs> one, and they play, and most of them played like at least sixty minutes. Uh, based on where Loudon is in the in the table, that will not be the outcome on Wednesday. Should they do that, however. <laughs> If you got you've got to do what you got to do. I, there really is a shortage. I think that it, they'd be wise to try to think about just to make up the numbers. I think that Wednesday is going to be a really tough one. Maybe you give Julian Gressel cramping in this game. You cannot throw him out on Wednesday and Sunday. You cannot do it. Yeah. He is he is a integral part of, of being able to create any chances without him on the field and without a number nine. You will not be scoring goals at all. I don't think they just will not be occurring. So you've got to be really smart about how you deploy very, very limited resources in the next week. Yeah, it, it almost seems like it would be a, a waste to try to put them out there. And they're not talked about. There were players that played today that weren't 100%. So, I, I, I yeah, I'm on the same same boat there. I, I think you just, you know, it's okay if you lose to Columbus away. It's, it's a stuff we did. You don't want to, right? No, like, yeah. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, you, you, you try to, you got to compete every game. But we are not in a perfect world right now. And I do want to I want to call out Steve. So Steve, you know, the, we, call, we talked about it at the top. Very, really, really good performance out of them. Like they're obviously Columbus is a bunch of two left feet clown clown forwards a lot of time. They just <laughs> have a, a problem scoring goals. However, I mean, there were a couple opportunities that should have been gimmies. Bill either bailed them out. There's a there was a diving tackle for Steve. Uh, they they put in a great performance. And I think Steve said it after the red card. We're like a point's fine. Let's just. Let's just get out of here. 
Yeah. Now that's that's the, the the white flag in the 50th minute against FC Cincinnati is tough to wave. However, in this particular case, I think he looked over at the bench. He saw what we were working with. Let's just let's just take a point and be happy. When other times this season, they should have listened to that internal voice and taken a point <laughs> and be happy, and they weren't. So I guess that's growth, right? Yeah, the the, the New York City game screams <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it's kind of tough looking ahead of these games. These are the games against the middle pack of the Eastern Conference, and, and we want to be above that playoff line uh, now, and you know, we're, we're right below it. We could have maybe jumped, uh, I think, Montreal – with the win here today didn't happen for us, but we stayed above Red Bull. Uh, but yeah, we, we, this was almost the easier game despite being on the road. Uh, and now we've come away not only with only one point, but now with a, a shorter roster and Ernan even made the joke that he's going to lace them up and sit on the bench. It's, it's wild. Here's a question for you. Where's Flo- Where's Flores? Is Flores not bench? I understand he's injured and they say they want to, they want to rush him. It's now July 31st. It's going to be August. We got two more games this week. Obviously, we are kind of already said Wednesday may be a just, you know, get into your shell and let them whack you with hockey sticks for, for 90 minutes. But Sunday, he was originally supposed to come back. Obviously, I think he had, I think he had a, uh, a setback in training, I think is what the official was, I think I heard last week. But if it's close, I feel like you got to. I feel like you got to get him in there for 15 minutes. I feel like you have to establish him back in here, unless you really think like the way he got injured was within the first five minutes of that game. But I, it's kind of it's kind of like go time right now. You're you're in a, you're in kind of a crisis situation. I think it's. Uh, what do you what do you think about maybe nudging that nudging that player along, nudging our designated player along when uh, Paul Ariola continues to be uh, indisposed? Yeah, I I think there's. There's definitely going to be a point where we got to get him going, and, and I we've been hoping since the beginning of the season, basically, when we came in, when we opened the season with a laundry list of players injured, we were like, all right, let's adapt to the style in the first half, and, and then maybe at the end we can start building something. It'll gel. Players will be healthy, and we're starting to get to maybe the point where that needs to begin to happen, and instead it seems that we're just going to continue this injury sludge all the way through. I. I I want to see Flores perform. It, it's the price tag is always in my mind, and it probably shouldn't be. But can't help it. You, you can't on a help team it. this budget. You, on a team this low budget, you can't you can't not think about it. Here's a question for you: If he doesn't turn it around, or if he makes him doesn't make himself available, and we sort of just through no fault of coaching and no fault of the players, but mostly just to bad luck injuries, miss the playoffs. We just we just plow through this August of destruction getting almost no points. And then we get into the meat of the schedule with all, with a lot of our players back from international duty, maybe some injuries, but don't make it. What do you, what do you do with Flores in the off season? What do you do with Flores in the next window? Maybe in the January window, do you, you say, all right, this year is the last year. We kind of said it, we said it this year was the last year. Do we say it again, again? All right. But now for real, this is the last year. Or do you try to recruit, recoup some of that $5 million you spent on your transfer fee and try to, and just say, we, we didn't work out. It happens all all the time. What do you what do you think about that? I, I'll answer your previous question. I, I I feel the same way about putting Flores out there that I do Gressel after this game. I I, I think okay. I, I, they're valuable players, and and they I know Gressel's good. He, he we we've seen that he started the most games for DC United this year. I don't want to rush Flores back. I'm still holding out, right? I, I'm still holding out that he's this five million dollar player. Matt Doyle loved him when he was with uh, Marty. Uh, I can't pronounce it, but the really, Liga yeah. Mexican team. Uh, yeah. 
they like no longer exist or something crazy. Uh, but uh, there was promise there, but you see this across the league everywhere. Uh, Miami is dealing with it threefold because they were fourfold because they, they brought that many in eightfold. Um, but uh, Pizarro for them has not done what he was brought in to do. And, and it's kind of, you could probably list 20, 30 or more DPs that have come to this league and, and not perform for whatever reason. And the injuries are unfortunate uh, you know, sometimes form is uh, funky and it, it just doesn't work out. But yeah, I, I think, oh man, I don't like to pass in judgment on players like this, especially at this game when we played against a certain player for Cincinnati. But sure. yeah, I, I, I think for $5 million, we haven't gotten a $1 million worth nope. of value. And, and the $1 million's in my mind because Lucho was $1.5 yeah. when we originally brought him in. And I don't know if we've got a fraction of what we got from Lucho from uh, yeah. Flores, yeah, a- and I know my my co-hosts. If they're listening in, their ears are burning. They're they're raging because uh, they like. A- Listen, I brought the negativity. I'm, they, they asked me on here. I had to, I had to I had to make it a little cloudy over here. But we, yeah, I go ahead. We weren't gonna get this show with talking about Lucho, and <laughs> and maybe because he's the last kind of style of DP that we've had like that. We now Wayne Rooney is an exception. That's gonna happen mm-hmm. once at a blue moon in a league. Yep. It's kind of almost like a dice roll. What team gets that player? Generational talent player. But, but Lucho was our last discovery, kind of discovery. I know that's an actual MLS term, but like we discovered this player that some, and, and paid him money and brought him here. And yeah, and that didn't work out with Lucho long term. But in short term, there were some results and we, and we haven't got that at all with Flores. And, and yeah, we might we might have to to start at least seeing what the market is. I don't know. It's tough. Where are you to answer your Yeah, I mean, I think so. My, my take on it is that a team like Atlanta can spend $10 million on DP, have him suck, and then just be like, all right, well, we'll, we'll he can go now. He can go wherever. I don't, we're we're going to write it off. It's, not, yeah. it's, a, it's an expense that we're not really concerned about. DC United, if they can get 25% of the transfer fee, back, transfer fee back on a player that's not performing, I think you got to take it. You got to put that money back into the system instead of just write it out and be like, well, maybe he'll come good. Maybe he'll come good and just let him write out his contract. Um, I, I think Lucho is a good example. Like Lucho was obviously on the fringes at Boca. Um, wasn't really, wasn't really in the starting picture. Bottom younger, less proven, not national team player. Uh, and then he, you know, I, I, I think uh, created lots of value for DC United over the years. My co-host uh, <laughs> Ted would say was incredibly inconsistent and only put together one full season of of quality results if you put you mash two half seasons together to make one season he had a good one that's a a take you can have and i don't (laughs) you know that's not wrong per se uh but i think i think this team there's like a selection bias right so you were talking about all the misses on the dps over the over if you look at the league if you look at even dc's marcelo gallardo half a season went back to argentina because his hamstring hurt and didn't want to come back anymore uh, Hamdi Salihi, I think, was technically a designated player. Maybe, or he might have been bought down. Franco Boscovich, bought down, previously a DP. When you hunt the bargain bins yeah. and you're looking at players that are coming to want to come into the U.S. but aren't looking to come to New York, L.A., Miami now, um, sort of the big markets, you're, you're, you're already searching lower down the list. So the yeah. chance that you hit is actually, if, if it works out, that's you used to celebrate. Because you already were were sort of 
playing with an arm behind your back when you pick the player and you got lucky. So that's the real challenge, right? Like we are not a marquee market. We have not won a trophy since 2013. Um, there's lots of strikes against you. So you're already, you know, you know, you're already really hoping that things work out. You're not spending so much money. That $5 million for us, I believe, is a transfer record for, for, for bringing yep. in a player. Yep. Most places, <laughs> yeah. that's not a transfer record. That's not even close, but it is here. So that's, it's, it's a real big challenge that BC has that other clubs that we're trying to compete with don't really have. So, And I really think because of that, that if you can't get something out of him this season that tells you in this system with this heavy press, with a nine up, with a nine up top that theoretically could finish all the chances that are coming in. If you don't think that's going to be the case, because Ernan's not going to change from that, that system's going to persist yeah. for the rest of Ernan's contract. And we hope so. We want we want a system here, right? So if that's the case, you got you got to figure out what you can get for him, and, and then replace him with a player that fits your system. If you think that maybe he doesn't, that's that's where I'd leave it. Yeah, I, and I I don't know if you got a chance to hear, but it may maybe two. Games ago, I also shows, but also games. Ernan talked about we don't have that DP striker, like it's not on the roster, and and he's hoping that one comes from the roster, rises from the roster, but uh, that's not happening. And I, and I think, yeah, you start looking at the the money, and you mentioned Reyna's dollar amount, and and Flores' transfer fee, and he's also a DP player, so he's also making the dollar amount, and, and we're just not seeing it. it. It's super tough. I I will am going to open up the 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 call line. I, I'm scared, but. Also, uh, uh, while we do that, uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, DC United had a first right of refusal in the offseason for Luciano Acosta uh, and chose not to, and it was reported, I believe, that they didn't value him at the number that he wanted. He wanted to be a DP, certainly. Um, almost deja vu from this contract talks when he left. Do you not, uh, I don't want to say regret, but do you think DC United could have done better there? Should they have... I mean, obviously spend more money, but do you think DC Lucho is worth that DP slot? Uh, if you're not going to use it, sure. And we haven't. Yeah. So if that's the case, all that the owners are responsible for is money over the over the line on on a DP, right? And acquisition acquisition costs. No acquisition costs to speak of for him coming back from uh, where was he at? Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. All right. I think it was a, I think it was a very low fee. Whatever it was, it wasn't high. So if the answer is DC United is not going to fill that spot this year at all. And don't, they're not going to. Uh, and he is a player that loves to press. Say what you want about him otherwise. I think people have said that he gives up a lot and he throws his arms. I think his gesticulating undercuts actually how good of a forward presser he is. And if he has players on both sides of him that are helping him the entire game, what he got frustrated with always for me, I would see him, he would press. He would put a center back under a bad bad position, and he would be looking for either one of the forwards or the wingbacks to come up and help him box the player in, and they wouldn't be there, and he would just be running for no purpose, basically, and then the, then they would just be able to pass the ball out, and he would be like, forget this. Why am I doing this then? What is the point if we're not pressing as a team? So, yes, I think I think it was a mistake. I think this actually a player would have fit really well with the system. He's not been injured for Cincinnati he's been available the most important ability is availability he's been there so if you're looking for a team that's trying to create goals I don't know it feels like we could have gone this way I don't know if that I don't know where I don't know we would have found a player that would fit better for less money and we apparently aren't really looking that well so what do you what do you think I I mean I I think I'll always have a soft spot for Lujo I I think oh man I I don't want to put Ted Lasso spoilers out there into the world but 
Episode what? two, I don't want to hear it. I haven't, I haven't listened to oh, it yet. Okay, so. okay, okay, okay. But it, it's tough when any team has like a, a break, you know, a falling apart with a player. And yeah, I think maybe the emotional baggage there probably played a factor. I, I think if you put, you know, Talent-wise, Lucho is a DP-level player, and I think we've seen that. He, he's performed in Cincinnati, which is hard to do. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if if it wasn't a money thing, if, you know, we already had Flores, maybe that's, an, that's a, you know, excuses. But, yeah, I think I would have taken him if I had the chance. Um, I, yeah, I was always hoping that we were going to use the spot, in which case, you know, keep your powder dry, right? Like, oh, we were thinking – you know, maybe in the winter, like, well, we gotta, we're gonna spend in the summer, right? Like, that's the plan. Yeah. We're gonna make, we gotta make sure that we keep that spot open because so we're gonna spend because we brought this new coach in. Yeah. So clearly, we've got, and you know, I'm hoping, you know, the thing we you mentioned already his his comment about sort of looking for that finisher to come in that walk in that door, or make themselves available on this team. They gotta figure out if they got. I think I said this on my show. If you gotta sell like some of the stuff inside the inside of the Eagle Bank <laughs> arena, like the lounge to be able to afford some players, like strip stuff, strip the wood paneling down, sell it on the secondary market. Uh, you gotta, you gotta spend for him this winter. Yeah. And it's not going to be another, it's not going to be another uh, Bulgarian striker. Uh, that's going <laughs> to, that's going to fit the bill for him. He, he wants, he wants players that he wants. Yeah. Uh, and so what's, let's hope that that, I, I think that they are constrained budgetarily. They're constrained roster spot wise. They're constrained in a lot of ways this summer that they're probably not going to sign anybody. We're just going to gut through this year and figure out how to do it. But boy, they better they better open up the book in the winter, or else Ernan's going to be pretty spicy when the when the season starts. I think he's going to very a very third year Jose Mourinho vibe is what I would expect <laughs> to to get from him if you're. Uh, if you're an EPL follower and the third year when he doesn't get the players <laughs> that he wants, he becomes very cranky in press conferences and things start to go. And then he usually gets fired. So <laughs> let's hope, let's hope none of that happens and we get some players in uh, for him and, and for us. Yeah. I, I don't want to see that either. I, I gotta, gotta hope that Arnon Levian and, and Rushton are, are gaming this out, have something. And, and, and all two of those three people are very new on the scene. So maybe they are yeah. just being smart. And like you said, it, it's a tough, Tough, tough ask to find a, a player like that uh, who wants to come to D.C. And, and is willing to bet on themselves, basically, to, to show out in this league. Um, I, I I think the transfer window for MLS closes, like, this week. Um, yep. so, Next, I think, Friday, maybe. Yeah, something like that. So, th yeah, there's not much time. I haven't heard anything. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't hold tight for any signings this nope. week. But, yeah, I, I hope he gets the, the changes he needs. Yeah. Uh, before we get too gloom and everything, I, I just want to highlight the, the best performances of the match. Uh, we do this every week. Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to look up who DC United rewarded to. I'll figure that out for you. But uh, uh, mine you is... go first. I'll look it up while we're talking. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. What a, what a great co-host. I'm going to have That's to... That's right. I'm gonna have to, my keep. I'm going to have to nag the other ones. So, uh, but it, it's a pretty simple one for me. Uh, I, I normally We normally cheat and give some honorable mentions. Paredes is always great. It appears that he can play both left back and, and right wing. I think he was playing sometimes today, maybe left wing too. Uh, he, he's awesome. Uh, Gressel, Gressel and him basically drove the, the game through, through many stages. Um, but you got to give this one to Bill Hamid for me. It, it felt like one of those, uh, I said early in the show, it felt like one of those old DC United games where, where we were not bad, not great, saved by Bill Hamid. And we get a point out of it uh, solely because of him. Some huge saves. 
Uh, and gosh, we just we just love him. Who you got, John? Yeah, DC United apparently did not give one out technically on social oh, media, no. but I think they posted a graphic about Bill uh, with another clean sheet. So I would assume it's going to be Bill if they haven't made it yet, and mine would also be Bill. There's no one else that you'd really want to shout out um, this whole game. Like you said, this was a situation where you know one player saved the day for us. But it was it's collective, whatever. Defensive did a good job, but without him, you know they score one or two. So good job, Bill. Thanks for keeping us in it. Uh, good luck on Wednesday. Yeah, this is gonna be a tough ask for him. Uh, and I don't want. I don't. <laughs> b- before we move on, I just want to say I am. I'm not gloomy about oh, yeah? all that. Uh, this is not. This is not a negative. This is. The, I would say this is not a negative take on. I think. I think it's important to be realistic about the financial picture, yeah. and and that sort of and the constraints that the team has put under. Um, due to a bunch of reasons, right? Yeah. Like I, no one, no one likes to just accept those things as like they are, right? It's like, well, I would like to be Atlanta. Well, yeah, so would I, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have Arthur Blank as our owner. So that's not going to happen. But yeah. the, I think that there's ways that you can filling all your three DP slots can be done without breaking the bank. So that's one, I think yeah. that's, a, that's something maybe for next year, probably not this year. And then also making sure that all three of them are producing. And if not, moving them on, yeah. does Paul want to stay? And I, th- I think Paul likes it here, right? Yeah. But Paul ha- Paul's having alone. a gold cup. <laughs> Paul's having a gold cup. He's going to be in the final. He's going to yeah. have some visibility. He tried to. He tried. Swansea didn't work out for him. Is he interested in? Is he interested in staying around this next year, or is he going to say I would again like to try my try my luck out? Uh, that would be to this team very bad. But also, like <laughs> economically, if you if you sell him to not yourself, which was what Swansea was, <laughs> which I did not like because you could never capitalize. You're never gonna rob yourself. Yeah. Uh, maybe that. Maybe that's the that's the kind of big move a team can make. We brought. I think he was a two and a half million, three million dollar signing from uh, Jolos. I think yeah. I would have to check that, but it's not. It wasn't huge. Certainly worth more than that now. I think on the open market as an international starter, you know, based on some of the, what some of the other players are getting. So, all that to say, I'm not. I, I am yeah. not. I'm not down on DC United. I think I'm just realistic about where they find themselves and sort of, you know, what this year is. Is is looking like based on just the bodies piling up. The man, the man games lost <laughs> yeah. in aug, all up to August now is just is absurd. Yeah, I, I think I think that's valid. I, I like to look at it a realistic point of view too. And, and yeah, it's 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 maybe tough to swallow, but and and there's some some pretty harsh. We can sometimes uh, me uh, and us I tried to show can sometimes be pretty harsh with our constructive criticism. Um, but also uh, acknowledging those things is a credit to the team. The, the, the team mm-hmm. got a point tonight despite being down two men, uh, despite having all these injuries. That it, They're on the playoff line despite, like I said, this injury thing has gone on all year long uh, and their biggest DP is not, not performing. So I, I think – Another I, one's I, not here. They're hanging in there. Yeah. You can't ask any more than, than, than hanging in there while your players aren't there. And then when they get back, you have another 7-1 Toronto – style whooping yeah. and then you're back to thinking that you're you know one or two <laughs> in the eastern conference that's how it goes so the big swings yeah hoping for that that big post or end of the season build that that i was talking about earlier looking around uh gold cup final versus mexico tomorrow the usbc team um maybe dc and i <laughs> should take a note from uh, from burhalter there and Field a BC team out in a uh, midweek against Columbus, but Gold Cup final tomorrow in Vegas. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, John and Black are are on location there. I don't know if they've gotten tickets for the game yet, but they've certainly 
certainly put some bets down. Uh, they lost a lot of money tonight, I think, or at least some money tonight. Uh, betting on I did the- too. I'm not, I'm, I've got to retire. It's not going well for me. I, I dip my hand in a little bit, and then I lose like the $2 that I risked, and I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, 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 we'll see what can happen because it seems Mexico has taken this, this tournament pretty seriously. The United States uh, is, is, is doing its best and, and doing good. I mean, they beat Qatar, the champions of the Asian Conference. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think it can live up to the Nations League final, but no. uh, I'll hold out. I'll, I'll definitely watch in case. Uh, Loudon played tonight. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to the switchbacks, uh, which doesn't bode well for for our our plan to play them <laughs> midweek against Columbus. But uh, I've been out there a couple times. I know you guys follow them pretty closely. Uh, it seems they always play better than the scoreline, and and we didn't get to watch because there was an overlap tonight. But yep. uh, I'm assuming that Cudi Picho and and everyone looked great. Kamari Smith scored that that one. Um, maybe maybe he gets a start midweek. Uh, He's already had one, right? He, he he started out, and I believe was it Colorado, or he played. He he started early, one earlier in the year out west, there. I think, second or third game of the season. Yeah, Loudon, man, I you know, that it'll be good when they are in this MLS development league. Yeah, and then like turn like results really don't matter, right? Like they don't really matter now. They kind of matter because people are buying tickets to go see a team to do well, and they're the you know dead bottom of all of usl which is unfortunate if you are a loud united fan and somehow not a dc united fan like you're just a Loudon fan that would i yeah. want to i want to talk to those people i'm sure they exist <laughs> i really want to talk to them they're surely they do exist but like then it look once that happens like you're you're not being like oh man they lost again you're like all right let me look at these 11 players who were drafted by dc united or there are there are just players right in in on the Loudon team that are never going to play for dc united yeah they're just, but it's fine because they're a USL team and they're trying to get points, whatever. But it'll be different when they're the reserve team. And then you're like, I am, as a DC United fan, fully committed to knowing every one of these players and what's going on with them because the team thinks maybe that they're going to, they're, you know, they're some yeah. a player that could come up at any time, perhaps on a Wednesday game after they have two red cards <laughs> and 13 injuries, they could come in and, and do a spot start. Yeah, much I, I saw, I think, midweek. Or sometime this week, you were at uh, the Fred Knots, basically watching the future first team there. Uh, basically, it could be uh, it's pretty soon too, based <laughs> on how how thin they are up top. It's entirely possible. I had to tease you about that, but yeah, they, it could be a situation. Uh, but you know, hopefully those guys are, are gaining from these experiences. Hopefully, Kamarni is able to make the step, and, and who knows, we might see him Wednesday. Uh, Spirit are at Chicago, I think tomorrow at six. Um, Always. Chicago for the 37th time so far this season. They need more teams. Yeah. And it is a bummer to just keep playing. <laughs> I feel like Chicago and Orlando, they've they both played 37 times so far this season. So Chicago uh, not played at Segra will be nice because that game was stinky. It's horrible <laughs> because they just decided that they were going to play narrow and, and stink it up. And okay. it was a game that was not enjoyable to watch. So I'm glad that they're... Wait, it is, it is on the road, right? It's in uh, Chicago? I, I think so. I, I checked before. I, I think I it is, too. I know I'm not covering it, so it's, <laughs> it's got to be on the road. So if that's the case, then Bridgeview is, Bridgeview is fine because it's wide and it's grass, and <laughs> that's that's doable. Yeah, uh, and they will be without a, a number of stars. I know, I think, uh, Ertz, right? It's still with Chicago, Nair. Uh, they will be suiting up for the U.S. women's uh, playing for a, a medal 
uh, in the Olympics Monday at 4 a.m. So stay up for the Gold Cup Mexico game and then stay up even more for the women's game. Basically, don't sleep if you're a soccer fan this summer. It's it's ridiculous. Are you jumping in on this 4 a.m. action? Oh, no, I'm not. No, I I no, absolutely not. As a as a fully gamefully full full time employed person with a small child, that sounds like a horrible idea. And it would wreck me for the entire week. But you young kids that don't have children or have flexible jobs, you should totally do that. I, you know, 10 years ago. Sure. (laughs) It hasn't been me. Uh, Sam has been jumping. I've been watching replays and, uh, but, but that's fine. Right. As long as you avoid Twitter, like just do that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Either way, watch. It's going to be awesome. Uh, The women keep winning despite their poor play. So that's enjoyable in that sense. Uh, Let's see if they can bring home some hardware. Um, John, I want to thank you for jumping on, especially short notice. We gave you tonight. Uh, you're fantastic. Uh, people can find you where and how and when. Yeah, man. Uh, RFK Refu- at R- well, RFKRefugees.com has everything that you need to find, but we have a live show every Monday night at 8.30 on Twitch. We have like multiple episodes every week because we're insane. This week we had three episodes. Uh, we had Dev McTavish on Wednesday and Ashley Sanchez on Friday. Um, so I, I'm, not commit- I'm not committed to doing that every single week because I have to, you know, like sleep and do other things. But <laughs> For sure, if you want to watch our show for the first time, if you've never heard us, Monday night, twitch.tv slash RFKRefugees, uh, you can watch us live at 8.30 or download us whenever and listen to us whenever you want. I saw the highlights of the, the talking about sleeveless jerseys and, and, and trying to get people kit, boot sponsorships. It was it sounded like good fun. I might have to go back and watch that. But uh, thank you so much again for coming on tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This has been Tried and True, the DC United Postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Heineken.